0: The Word
1: for You is presented by Grace Point Church in Lakewood, Ohio. We are located at the intersection of Warren and Alger and welcome you to visit us in person or
0: online at gracepointlakewood.com. That's G-R-A-C-E-P-O-I-N-T-E-L-A-K-E-W-O-O-D
1: dot com. Listen to podcasts of sermons from our pastor, Mike Bartolone, and various guest pastors. You will see that grace is always the point, and you are
0: always welcome.
1: Second Peter, Chapter One, One through Four. I want to talk about. In Christ we are fully supplied we have everything we need and actually we lack nothing the only thing that we have to fight against is what we believe our belief system and how we think but I'm talking about a supply today that abides within us that's there all the time it's always available a lot of times we look to the outside for what we already have inside. And God has already provided so many things for us. But in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, Simon Peter, a bondservant, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us. That's all of us. That's why the word of God is so timeless. When, when it was written, it was written in a timeless you know, continuum. By the righteousness of God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he says, grace and peace be multiplied. That's when you say, I, I don't know about you, but, but every time I read that, I say, Lord, I want more grace. I want to experience more peace. Amen. I want it, and it doesn't say be added. It says be multiplied. I mean, multiplication is a lot stronger than addition. Amen. Let it be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things, say all things, that pertain to life right now. Not something on the, you know, in the by and by, right here, right now. Amen. And godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, verse 4, by which have been given to us exceedingly great, exceedingly great. I mean, I just like the way it's written. You know, it's not just written in small, simple little words, but there's just so much there, given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. And you all know, know because I repeat it a lot, there's over 7,700 promises in the book, in the Bible over 7,700 promises that are yours in Christ that through these you may be partakers not of the not of the fallen nature not of the sinful nature but of the divine nature you only have one nature when you're born again divine nature the sinful nature is not there it's gone Galatians 2:20 Romans 6 it's all there having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust now let's go to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3 blessed be the god and father of our lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. It's already happened. It's already a done deal. Amen. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2 verse 9. Colossians 2 9. And if, you, if you went up a couple of verses up from 9 like to 8 and 7 you would see the in him, the verse nine, it says, For in him, for in that's Christ, for in Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Godhead. That's what it means. The Godhead head is simply Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. And you don't have to be a theologian to know that, you know, or a rocket scientist. All you have to do is understand. And verse 10 says, and you, and you are complete in Christ, in him. You're complete. You lack nothing. Nothing. If we could learn that, our prayers would change. Because we would never be praying from lack, which most people do. They pray from lack, and they beg God for things that they already have. They just don't know who they are. We don't understand that we're sons and daughters of God and we have it all. He, he's already blessed us, Ephesians 1, 3, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Amen? And given us these precious promises. It's said in 2 Peter. Who is the head of all principality and power? So as he, as it says in 1 John, as he is in the world, so are we. As he is, so are we. Amen? And that says, that says a lot, too. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So how do you think? How important is your thinking? How important is our belief system and how we think, our thoughts? Amen? See, I believe God wants us to have an awareness, a consciousness of these things so we can start believing that all we need, we already have. I mean, just a simple scripture of John 6 47 says, and that's not, I didn't even give that scripture to you, John, but it says, He that believeth, he that believeth in me. I, I don't see anywhere, I'm just sorry, I'm I'm gonna probably walk in some of your toes at this point, but I don't see anywhere in the Bible a sinner's prayer. I don't see it. I don't see it. I just it says it's he that believeth in me has everlasting life. It's it's more about the believing than anything. And when we can get to that place as true sons of God who are mature, then nothing is impossible to him who believes. Nothing is impossible for all of us. Not just for me, for all of us. Amen? Let's go to Hebrews uh, chapter 9. Verse 14. <clears throat> Remember, I, I said God wants to have a consciousness. How many know what consciousness is? An awareness, a think. How we think, a think tank. So it says in Hebrews 9:14: How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot? To God, comma. Cleanse your conscience. Cleanse your mind. Cleanse your thinking. Cleanse your awareness. Amen. From dead works to serve the living God. Now I can go. I can go. We can do a series on dead works, but I ain't wasting my time on it. Just it just all it's it's old religion. It's what we were brought up at, and what we've, you know, it's the darkness that we left. Trying to earn, trying to earn things with God, trying to perform to get Him to do things. That's dead works. Came out of that grave, ain't going back. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 13. While we're here, let's go to Hebrews 13, verse 18. It says, pray for us. 1318, pray for us, for we are confident that we have a good conscience in all things, desiring to live honorably. So that word consciousness is used 30 times in the New Covenant. The Greek word for it is, I can't pronounce it, so... And I don't want to make a mistake with two guys in this room that have conversational Greek going on, you know. So the Greek word is, I'm going to spell it. U, not a Y, U-N-E-I-D-E-S-I-S. It's all Greek to me. And it means co-perception, to see completely, to understand and become fully aware. Fully aware. See, God's not holding anything back if we want to know. Amen? It's like being awakened from sleep. See, spirit is consciousness, and God is spirit. The word spirit means a current breath, a vital principle, a mental disposition, and mind. Therefore, whether you hear these words, being used by others or not, they are safe for us to use as well. And, you know, a lot of people take that word consciousness and they use it for all kind of crazy, you know, cults and stuff, you know. they Just like they take the rainbow and they distort it into some crazy emblem of something. You know, they try to do things, and it, and, and, but we have to redeem them back to what God has said and, and use them for, our, for his glory, but we all know too well that the preaching of the cross is the power of God. Amen? Let's go to let's go to this one scripture. I really like this scripture that Paul wrote. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. Paul said when he came, and he was writing this letter to the Corinthian saints. It was kind of funny. We were somewhere yesterday where, you know where they canonize only saints that the Pope, uh, you know, canize, canonizes. And I was telling my granddaughter, I says, we were sitting around the table, and I was saying, I said, Anna, we're all saints. I'm St. Saint Michael, that's St. Marie, that's St. Mary Ann. And she's looking at us going, what does that mean? <laughs> and then we tried to explain to her about being born again. And when you're born again, you become a saint. Amen. It's real simple it's not It's not complicated, so first corinthians two four Paul says and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. I remember back in nineteen eighty five eighty six eighty seven when we first started in in Lakewood, and I had this pastor friend. He was at a Disciples of Christ Church on Detroit, and this guy was a Ph.D. twice over. And he was a very strong, you know, he had words that I couldn't even pronounce. And when we get together, I'd have to carry a dictionary just to kind of figure out what he was trying to communicate. But he had a, at that point, he had a pretty large congregation, a nice-sized congregation, and he was appointed pastor there. I got to know him through the Lakewood Ministerial Association. But I like to say that in five years, he had nobody coming because he preached too high over the people's heads, and they couldn't they couldn't understand. That's why I like what Paul says here, my speech and my preaching. That says something about us to keep it simple, you know. So K-I-S-S, I used to say keep it simple, servant, but in Christ, it's keep it simple, son. Amen? Because we're all sons of God. Amen? And so Paul said that, but in the demonstration of what? The spirit and power. That's the most important thing. And sometimes, I mean, I've been in places where I didn't feel like I had any spirit going on and any power. Ever, anybody ever feel like that? And then you pray for somebody and they go, wow, what was that? It was like I said, well, that wasn't me. It was him. See, much of what we read in the Bible Remain mere words until we are awakened to them by experience. It's like the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I mean, we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, it's hardly ever preached in many churches today. Yet I think about my friend, you know, Pastor Dewey Morrow, who, you know, he's a big apostle guy. And he's retired, but I just love the way that, I mean, he's slow because he's from Mount Vernon. And when he speaks, he speaks real slow. But, but he knows how to teach about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and he knows how to get, make it happen. He's he's just an incredible teacher when it comes to that, and that's and that and, and that is true for all that we read in the Bible. When we experience the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, we get a greater revelation of who He is as He pertains to us, each of us, and each of us are different. Amen. I mean, we're all in different places. But he he knows how to communicate to each of us where we're at. See, it's no longer something that it's about, but now it becomes a demonstration and a performance in the hearer's life. In the old covenant, obedience was to good and get good and do bad or get bad. But in the new covenant, obedience is all about hearing and experiencing so that we can be awakened and understand and make it applicable for our lives. Amen? He just wants it to come down, you know, get it down to where we understand it. See, much of the confusion about supply again is more about what we believe. And to begin to change our minds. Now that scripture in the New Covenant says that we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. Ask ask yourself a question. If I have the mind of Christ, what do I lack? nothing I don't like anything and I get a lifetime to figure it out you know see supply What I what I find out is that much of my supply is invisible can't see it just like the kingdom of God how many you can't see it but you know you're in it you don't always understand it amen but you know you're a part of it but we've been transformed transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light And the more time you spend, I I found this out that the more time I spend in light, in the light of the word and the light of the, you know, everything around me, even darkness, after I'm in the light a long time, even darkness becomes light. It's not dark anymore. Because I asked God one day, he says, how does it happen? He said, spend time. Think more about it. Realize it. Experience it. Have a greater consciousness. Have a greater awareness. And you'll understand. And like Doubting Thomas, much of the church will not believe until they see it. See it manifest even though they already have it. Amen? But looking at the example of an apple tree. The apples taken from it are pulled to eat or to be made into applesauce. Supply is always at work. But the supply is not in the apple. The supply is in the sap the life that comes from the root system up through the trunk and out through the branches that produce the flowers, then the fruit. Supply is invisible. Amen? But supply is always there. And the invisible is within humankind, each of us. God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. We just read that. In the spirit within us, we have everything we need. See, I have everything I need. That, that almost destroys your prayer life. But you can still praise Him and worship Him, thank Him. Amen? Amen? We have everything we need. That is supply. It also says, David could say in Psalm 23, verse 1, he says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Why? Because I have it all. It's mine. Amen? We don't have to fight one another, say, he's got more than me. I got it all, too. You got it all, too. See, whether it was manifested or not, he knew that supply was always there because supply is invisible. Therefore, if people are experiencing lack in the appearance realm, it is not because they have any lack. It's because they have not made contact in their ability to believe in John chapter 6 they ask Jesus what's the greatest thing greatest work we could do Jesus says the greatest thing you can do is believe amen because the awareness with the true supply of who they already are inside of them is already there if the world is crying recession or depression they are crying that because their view of supply is in the outward realm the earth realm, the sense realm, and not the invisible realm that's within them. What we have is greater than what they have. Amen? And during the time of the Great Depression, they had more manifest supply in storehouses than the world had ever known, and yet they were crying, depression, depression. See, a depressed state of mind is what produced much of the lack in people's minds because how they thought and what they confessed, and the package they signed for. It's the same thing with sickness. If you get a little symptom, don't sign for the package. Kick it out the door. Amen? And today the world is crying the same thing because they do not understand that supply is invisible and that it is in every person, whether we know it or not. That's A lot of people just don't know it and we know a lot of people that don't know it but the truth of supply is the realization that we already have everything even though appearances may dictate to us that we do not amen we have it all we already have everything that pertains to life and godliness and he has given us all things remember i said had you say that word with me all things in the form of the invisible no matter what the appearance realm is trying to dictate to us. A great example is the prodigal son in Luke 15. Amen? The picture of the father talking to the elder son who was complaining that the younger son was being treated so well after he came back home from being the biggest sinner on earth. The father received him back with open arms, threw him a big party, had the fatted calf, his fatted calf, because the other one was already killed, had his fatted calf slaughtered and cooked for the feast. And the elder said, like most of the church today, felt that the father should not have done that. And scolded his brother for leaving and spending all of his inheritance. And in Luke 15, verse 31, the father said unto him, Son... You are ever with me, and all that I have is yours. So what was he lacking? Nothing, that's it, nothing. See, in other words, all that I have is yours, all the resources of heaven, all the resources of the universe, all the healing, all the peace, all the life, etc., etc., you have it all. I prayed for a young girl Friday night at the Elyria Foursquare Church when we had the joint service. Her name was Kim. She came to the front. And she said she had cancer of the esophagus. And she said when she went to the doctors, the doctors had to pull out three-quarters of her esophagus for her to be healed. And she said the doctor told me I don't have an esophagus or I don't have that other piece in there. I said, so what is, what is your request, Kim? She says, well, I just want to be healed. I said, do you believe in angels? I said, if you believe in angels, I'm going to tell you something. This week, at some point, an angel's going to come to you in the middle of the night from heaven and bring you a brand new esophagus and all the parts and pieces that go with it. And he's going to do surgery on you in the middle of the night and heal you. And I'm going to pray for him to Touch you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. And cancer is never coming back in your body. No matter what the doctors say. In the name of Jesus, amen? Where is the supply? It's within us. Let's go to John 18. John 18. See, a lot of even what I said to her is all in her belief. She's got to believe it. Amen? Amen? But even if she can't believe it, I'm telling you what, the Holy Spirit will work for you. God will work for you. Amen? Even when we can't even think. Sometimes even when we doubt, he still works. John 18, 36. Jesus answered and said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight. So that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. So he's talking about his kingdom being something invisible. You can't see it. And even though his disciples were with him for those three years or three and a half years, they didn't get it. So... I mean, I know pastors who said, I've been preaching to my congregation for three years about this topic, and they can't get it. I says, well, it takes sometimes 20 years or 30 years of telling somebody about something. Just remain faithful. Just remain faithful and be consistent with the Lord, and you'll see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen? See, therefore, we can see that the source is not from this world system. Or in the realm of physical things that people seek. We are heirs of Father God. We are the heirs of God, of the universe himself. And all that he has and all that he is, we are. As he is, so are we. I was fighting something, you know, years ago when I was going through my diabetic thing, my diabetic issue. And that's something I I called somebody who I knew was a really powerful prayer, prayer and healing lady And she just gave me that one scripture. As he is in the world, so are we. She said to me, how do you see Jesus? Do you see him sick or do you see him healed? As he is, she said, so are you. And she says, when you get it, you'll be healed. And I'll tell you what, it took me a little while to get there, but I got it and I was healed. See, we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ, meaning all that is true of him is true of us all that he has we have what's inside and what's inside of him is inside of us and what we need to realize is that the true supply is what Jesus referred to as my kingdom the supply is there in the kingdom see true supply is not in what we see in the outward visible realm true supply is in the invisible realm and is always access is always there And a lot of people think it's just by faith, but faith is good, but belief is greater if we can believe. What's the thing that upset God the most? Unbelief. And learning to draw more and more from the realm every day, we are not of this world. Amen? We are of His kingdom. Therefore, we must be Minded in our daily lives, my kingdom. And then we realize that as God is, so are we. I mean, does God lack anything? Is he poor? Is he broke? Is he depressed? He's not. And we are in the world, but not of it. And anything presently that a person needs to appear will come forth. Where? From invisible supply. It can manifest. I've seen God do that with this building. The man who gave us the 300000 to buy this building, I did not know. I did not know this man. I had no idea that's where it was coming from. Did we, Marie? We had no idea where it was coming from. But we knew God would provide it. And he did. He did. And I've seen this happen so many times I cannot count. And when supply showed up, before I even had a thought or a need, it says in Job twenty-two twenty-one, he says, acquaint yourself with God and be at peace and the good will come. What will be the good? What's the good? Food, whatever, whatever you need, your supply, a healing. Acquaint yourself with him and be at peace. The good, Thereby the good will come to you. It's there. Amen? See, again, our problem stems from the fact that we have known about him and we know him on a certain levels of maturity, but we need to fully know him in these areas that we are speaking about today. We must come to the place in our lives that there's only one power, God. Amen? And there's no other power beside him. There's nobody else. It's like with Adam and he, Adam, and in an example of his fall after Adam's sin, God asked Adam, "Who told you you were naked? Where's the mirror?" <laughs> I mean, in those days they didn't have a mirror in their house. Now, if you walk out of your house and you come here naked, you got a problem. <laughs> you didn't look in the mirror. I asked the same question, who told you that you are sick or even in good health? When God asked Adam, where where art thou? God did did not ask that because he did not know, but he wanted Adam to understand that he had fallen from the greater knowing and understanding to a lower awareness of who he was. See, church, we are just awakening to the fact that the work is done. All of our sins are forgiven once for all. I don't know why. I mean, every place that would preach this should be packed solid. And we don't have to do nothing to earn it. All we have to do is believe it. He that believeth, John 6, 47, has everlasting life. All our sins forgiven, past, present, and future. And he, is, and, who, he, and, and he is in who we are, and we do not know Him in the fullness as of yet, but we are beginning to learn. Now, first of all, we're sons and daughters of God. Amen? That's good news. And we don't know Him of the, uh, as the invisible supply because the basis of our thinking on the fact that we cannot see it in the appearance realm, therefore what I'm making known to you as to living in the Spirit a true awakening that the true supply is invisible, but it's always there for you to grab when you want to believe. It's there, the full supply. Because supply is spirit. What do you see? Where is the spirit? See, the spirit is only released from them who now have it. Supply is infinite and invisible and always goes wherever we go, because we're in the kingdom. Amen? And how many we're living in the kingdom? And supply is infinite and invisible and always goes. We are never without supply." Hebrews 11, 1 says, "Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. In the Greek, the word substance means a sitting under, an essence, an assurance, a confidence, and it also means under, beneath, through, and to stand. It also means covenant and to establish. There's a lot in that one word, substance. Amen? Therefore, if sustent is that which I stand upon and something that is under, then substance has to be referring to invisibility. The writer of the book of Hebrews, who I believe was Paul, is saying that faith is the substance of things not yet manifested in the visible. So faith is the real substance in the invisible realm. We have mentioned before that everything we see comes out of the spirit. It's the spirit that needs to be The reason we see each other here is because we're slowed down to visibility. Because everything in the spirit realm is sped up faster than the speed of light. And substance is the same thing as faith and as evidence, yet it is more real than manifested thing because it all comes out of the spirit. That's why we can't see the spirit world. It's here, all around us, can't see it because it's moving so fast. You know the speed of life changes every second. When you say, somebody gives you, how fast is the speed of light? Well, it's 186,000, blah, 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 blah. It just changed. It always is moving. See, the problem, again, is our belief system, our thinking. Because for most people, they believe that supply is something like clothing, food, money, cars, and the like. And the result of that wrong belief is that many have spent too much energy praying for things that we already possess. Possess. We all know too well that there are spiritually spiritual qualities inside of us like loyalty and honesty and integrity and faithfulness. Like honesty, we know that it is something that comes from inside and manifests outwardly. Something that is in the invisible realm of the spirit and gets expressed so that people around us can see the visible. And there are ways to express supply in an unlimited way. And there are ways you can know supply is not something in the outward realm, but the inward realm, like, for example, integrity and honesty and character and the qualities of the spirit. And just like our body functions, which we cannot see, we know our heart is going to beat. Amen. And our lungs are expanding and inhaling air without even thinking about it. See, the subconsciousness part of our brain sends out all the chemicals, electricity, the vital signs through the nervous system to keep us functioning every second of our life. And we rarely ever think about it. I never think about it. Do you? So it's an invisible function that operates from our subconscious, the invisible to the visible part. How do I know I'm healthy and beating? Because I'm standing here. But I wasn't thinking about how it was happening. Amen? And what about food we put into our mouths? Our subconscious brain powers the most awesome processing system there is inside of us. It takes the food and drink we take in, extracts necessary minerals, vitamins, carbohydrates, proteins, sugars, iron, and other important elements to keep our body alive and functioning and then discards what is non-essential out of our body. Thank God that that's working. (laughs) And guess what? We don't have to think about it. It just works. Amen? And everything else we might think we need in the invisible realm is supplied to us the same way. It is vital that we rest in the fact that the Father has given us all the aspects and the fruits of Jesus, of His redemptive work, His life that pertains unto life, Zoe, God life and godliness, his nature, through the revelation knowledge of him that has called us to show him his praise and excellence. That's why I could stand here and praise the Lord all day. I never get tired. I don't care if she repeats the song a hundred times, Teresa. I don't care. I'm not counting. I'm just enjoying. Amen? And we have no needs because all that sustains life has been provided and flows from the invisible realm of spirit that is where we have life, and life more abundantly. And it comes from within our reborn spirits that is now one with his spirit. And just like the honest man, we can't see his honesty or loyalty until it's expressed. You can't see somebody's integrity until you sense it in the room. But that is really who we are in the invisible to the visible.
0: It took me so long to believe it. You choose someone like me to carry your victory. Perfection could never earn it. You give what you don't deserve, you take the broken piece, raise them to glory. ¡Ja, can finally see it. You're teaching me how to receive it. So let all the striving cease. This is my victory.